Emmy Award-winning producer, actor, and comedian Larry Wilmore is back on the air, hosting a podcast where he weighs in on the issues of the week and interviews guests in the world of politics, entertainment, culture, sports, and beyond. Check out Larry Wilmore Black on the Air on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always, for the introduction. We have a Moif, my opinion is fact. And for those that are criticizing Moif, just know that the data is overwhelmingly what people want to fucking listen to yeah. is Moif. Somehow. For, for real. Chris Yang, Noel, am I lying? People love the sound of Moif. <laughs> it's just, it disgusts them in a very attractive way. We have seen the data, and that's what people want more of. Um, so apologies to those listeners that feel otherwise, but uh, we play Moneyball on this podcast, and you know we just want to get on base. Um, but before we begin, Moif, we have a couple things. We have Cooking at Home Cookbook coming out. Pre-order that. We wrote that with Priya Krishna. Is she the defending champion of Recipe Club? No, Rachel Kong Rachel. is the is the oh, defending champion. Of course, champion. I knew that. I just wanted to set that up. So Priya Krishna, the second place <laughs> runner up in Recipe <laughs> Club, I, I I wrote that with Priya. Um, we have also announced Major Doma Media has announced our show that you've heard us talk about on this podcast. Next thing you eat, made with Morgan Neville, our good friend, the Oscar winning documentarian Morgan Neville, great filmmaker. Uh, that is coming out on Hulu. That is coming out October 21st. First. Yep. First. So please check that out. And I think most importantly, Chris Yang, do you want to announce? Oh, we got a newsletter coming out. We're going to, oh we're, if you haven't, God. <laughs> you haven't heard enough from us, from Major Toe Media, from this, from this gaggle of ding dongs. Uh, you can you can hear from us one more time a week through our newsletter. It is in fact going to be perfect for people who think they hear too much from us because this newsletter we're going to be sending out is going to be basically the distillation of all the stuff we talk about on the podcast, all the stuff we talk about with our guests, all the things that you see you're going to see on the TV shows that are coming out here. It's going to be the too long, didn't listen, too long, didn't read, too long, didn't watch version of all of this with just the tips and tricks and restaurant. You know, when you hear Yuno know Lee come on here and talk about the five best kebab shops and you're like, do I really have to listen to this podcast again to get those names? No, just sign up for our newsletter at majordomomedia.com slash 
newsletter. Sign up. You're going to get just the just the delightful information. Oh, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about the Kababacast one is, you know, who actually in L.A. goes out and eats a lot of this stuff is Bill Addison, your good friend, mm-hmm. Chris Yang. Mm-hmm. So didn't want to not give him a shout out. But um, this newsletter is, I think, the beginning of something that we hope will become extremely informative and useful for everybody. So um, when are we going to do something that is like more than a newsletter? What do you think, Chris? Or is it just like this is the beginning? Or do you think we're only going to do the newsletter? <laughs> no, I think that the newsletter is the beginning of a much larger process we're trying to do, which is we want to give everybody different ways to get to this information. You know, we are eternally grateful to the people who will listen to our ramblings and like see how nervous g- he is talking about this this <laughs> newsletter. That's why I just wanted to put the hero. <laughs> no, it's just like I think that people are super. I think there's people who are happy to listen to us get stoned and talk about nonsense in the podcast, and there's another group of people who are like, I wish these motherfuckers would just tell me where to eat and what to eat, and like that's we want to we want to service you. So. um, I am tired and I have, I'm in my garage and I'm looking at a energy drink that I had, uh, probably had three days ago and there's a quarter of it left and I'm going to drink it. Oh yeah. I don't know if there's bugs in, in this. I don't care. Probably. I am working on what every parent that has had two kids is probably going through. This is how superheroes are made, Dave. If you don't drink that, then you'll never know if you get <laughs> mutated into a superhero. Oh, he's um, actually drinking it. Oh my God. Is it warm? It's so warm. Oh, God. No. It's so warm. Warm energy drink. Ugh. And uh, we're recording this 3.30 Pacific time. And I just wanted to go over. I I haven't had time to make dinner. Also, our air condition is out. And it's also like 90 plus degrees. So it's a good thing that I can't cook. But I, I wanted to ask you guys this dilemma. I'm now looking at three restaurants that I really want to order from. I really want to order some mulnengmin. Korean mulnengmin is Whoa. very hot. I can add some, some samgyeopsal. I could get, um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm ordering it right now. <laughs> Live you know what's on insane? It's like, this he's recording. Like, this, is not, this is not a hypothetical. It's not no, something no, Dave no. thought about earlier. Real. He's literally looking at his phone I'm right now. I'm ordering from Yuktejang. Okay, oh, yes. which has amazing samgyeopsal. Yes. And yeah, it's a chain. I don't give a fuck. I love chains. They make delicious food. Yeah. I have no problem in the world. It is extremely good. And there's like 17 of them that I know. I mean, I'm sure there's like plenty of them, right, Isaac? There's a lot of them. There's a ton. Yeah. I don't care. It's delicious. It gets to me delicious. It's a little bit far away. There's no way I could order this and then pick it up. Their braised kalbi jim is fucking awesome. All of their noodles are delicious, but it's their samgyeopsal, their bosam, that is so delicious. So I have my in-laws, so I have to feed them. And my wife, who can eat spicy food, so that really narrows what we can eat because she's breastfeeding right now. And myself. And then I got to get something for Hugo, but I have a backup of mac and cheese that I cooked. What did I cook? Four or five days ago that I'm wondering, is that too old? And I'm being a negligent parent by serving something that might be too old, but I don't think Mm. it's too old because I just tasted some. So I could reheat that (laughs) in the case that he doesn't want to eat the Korean food, right? At the worst, I could just put like something on the rice that comes with it because I don't have any rice cooked off. Quick digression. When you're re, are you, are you talking about like mac and cheese out of the box? No, I made. Oh, you made legit my, mac and cheese for him. Oh, my son has 
goddamn expensive taste. He only likes now this specific pasta that I get from Roma Market in Pasadena. Jesus, dude. <laughs> Jesus. I know. So, like, I had to go out of my way yesterday and pick it up because I ran out. Because it's, you know, one of the things that he's only eating. So, again, I digress. I have to feed six people. So, I'm going to get the large order of premium pork belly boiled in various herbs. Fucking delicious. I should get the medium, but fat me is like, well, I'm going to eat for two people just myself. <laughs> I'm eating so for like, two. I'm eating for two. You can't, Isaac, can you explain? Can you split Korean moonengmen? No. What? No. Absolutely not. No. You can't. It's like splitting a piece of pie with another person. You, you can't do it can't even. Can't do it. Can't do it. You can't do it. I don't even like moonengmen, but I'll never split it. You know that you can't you can't do it. It's just <laughs> mathematically, like, physically, like <laughs> it's impossible Chris, to split. I don't like this specific dish, Christopher. I, I like, like food. food. And I'll still eat. So I, I'm going to get maybe a, a salongtang or something like that that's not spicy as well. So Wait, sorry, I missed how many, how many mulling mean are you going to order? Four. Whew. So there, I'm feeding six people, but I think I can... <sighs> Have the sullen tongue split by two because if you add in the boiled pork belly, that's going to be enough food. And you're going to have some some banchan. They're going to sell some kimchi and maybe some something else, right? Snackmaster's um, eyebrow raised when you said four orders. Her eyebrow almost collided with her hair. It raised so high. <laughs> Why? Why is that such a bad order? It just seems like so much. It's not a bad order. Four, I'm uh, feeding six adults here and one child, one baby. Hmm. Let's not throw. Let's not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not, you don't know about. So you so, just tried to ride on. the carpool lane with the baby, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. What do you mean? You counted the baby among the people you're feeding with this order. I mean, I. I'm, I no, I'm putting baby as a Hugo. Hugo. Sure. Okay, fine. So I got to order. You, you know what I'm talking about. You got to like- I con- applaud you. You got to just... contemplate what to order for a kid because he's not going to eat cold yeah, no, 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 no. That's, that's 100% soup. fair. So you basically have to order for another I person. I accept that. I accept for that. For a two just, and a half year old. I just thought Fuck you, you guys. Ah. You baby. Fuck your eye roll, Noel. It's <laughs> Hey, let me ask you that though. If you make a reservation at a restaurant and you're bringing a, a, a kid, do you count baby in your head count? I haven't even done that before, so I don't even know what that's oh, like. I forgot. I forgot. You're, you have not been able to eat in a restaurant with a child. With a child. I, um, I forgot. It was before times. Are you wedding Keith, Chris? I, did, I never know. So I guess I'm a four, but I don't I don't know. It's, he gets a high chair. Why, so why has, is four Nagman too much? Oh, those are small. That's fine. Five adults and one man child that needs his own dietary mm. restrictions. I don't know why Noelle, I mean, she just thinks it's a lot of food, but my eyebrow was raised because I'm like, who's not getting their own? Oh. You got five adults and four orders, and you said no sharing. Well, that's, I got a salangtang, one salangtang. That could be split between Hugo and the fifth adult. (laughs) (laughs) So theoretically, what I should be getting is five mulengmen and one salangtang for Hugo, but I'm not to share. You can share a salangtang. You cannot share a mooning. This is true. All right. So my only option then is to order the medium size or small version of the pork belly. 
<laughs> My only option. But a small <laughs> version of the pork belly only has 10 slices of pork belly. So that means everybody <laughs> only gets two slices of pork belly. That's what's the fucking point of living. There. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you ever see that scene in Three Amigos where they're drinking the water, you know, yeah. and they don't have a little bit? That's a, what's the point. You know, you need to have enough to, like, quench your, your you, pork you've belly got first. A, and, you've got to Chevy Chase it in this scenario and just have your own yeah. order and just eat all so, of them as like, they the look So, like, the medium is, again, going to be a problem because that's thirty nine ninety nine. That's not cheap. No, it's not. But mm -hmm. I'm not cooking fucking steamed pork belly <laughs> marinated in beautiful spices mm -hmm. when I can get it instantly. <laughs> I'm going to pay the 10 extra bucks so I can have five to eight slices if I want to myself. I agree with this move. Okay. So my order <laughs> right now no, is $131.49. I have a delivery fee that is inclusive, even though I am a unlimited member for $2 and a fee and estimated tax of $33. With a 20% gratuity, that's going to be like 200 bucks. Yeah, you're a 200. Mm-hmm. And you know what I say to that? You're feeding you're feeding five adults plus a Hugo. And we're not counting baby. We're not I counting the baby, it, man. I say click that. Click yeah, that go for it. it. Yeah, and you're not cooking, Dave. Yeah, and it's 96 it's degrees. I'm at $199.22. That's where I'm at. And I'm just, I needed to, this is like I'm talking to my shrink. This is the, the mundane. <laughs> Can I ask you? you and I'm you ordering right now. Let me face ID this shit. Okay, we're good. Done. <laughs> oh, he, no. does, he just orders in the middle of our, literally, not just like a work call. We're in the middle of a podcast. What were your two backups? Oh, I, had, I, thought, I thought that I ordered it too early. I, I wanted to make sure it comes at 510. The backup was Sunundang, but that's mm -hmm. too hot. They don't have that. And there's Young Do, to, young do Tofu. I, I don't even know if that's the name. And they have Bibi Nangmin as well. Because the, there, there's a reason why. There is no air conditioning in the house. So people are fucking hot. Mm -hmm. And Nangmin is going to make them happy for, you know, 30 minutes. Well, it's going to make four of them happy. And one of them very <laughs> sad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was the 20-minute intro to this, uh, this podcast episode. We've got a, so, we have a My Opinion is Fact with the uh, Noel plug-in in, uh, into the uh, supercomputer here. Noel, what were you going to oh, say yeah. there? Oh, well, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Noel. Oh, my God. Oh. I wanted to give Noel a shout-out. This is a, a equal opportunity uh, of tiger parenting. Oh, God. A review oh, God. from Eng Prophet. Oh, no. Four stars, question mark. I'm not sure Noel can step into this and make it work. The vibe is off, and the show wasn't funny. What? First four-star review I've ever given. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. I, just, I mean, <laughs> Noel... Simple answer. Try harder. We got to do better, guys. We, we we let this person down. Shame uh, on all of us. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know it's about not this. even a fucking. It's not even a funny review. It's just a yeah. mean spirited yeah. review. Just step mean. Up, step up. Step up your game, guys. That's all this person is trying to say. All right. Hard, hard. Noel, what's it feel like to taste that medicine? It's very interesting, but you know, I'll just keep trying and we'll see what happens. This is a very Noel answer. It's very interesting. It's interesting <laughs> that, that you're criticizing me. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your feedback. Noel, I think, has some productive <laughs> feedback from our fans, uh, our fan. Yeah, uh, that's right. We just, hold on a second. We just spent 20 minutes watching Dave wave around his phone on his mm -hmm. food orders, but mm -hmm. also never forget the last time we all talked, we found out that Dave is just sitting on Zooms on his phone, uh, pre-planning all of his restaurant orders, which sure did. 
was a surprise to all of us, you know. And that's basically all you're doing as we're supposed to have productive meetings. But it turns out, apparently, that a lot of people are pre-ordering. Are people saying they do what Dave does where he just writes down orders in the middle of the <laughs> night? Like a, like a poem that came to him? Yeah, summer. I mean, not, I call bullshit on anybody no, who says no. Not only that. that, we do it in iambic pentameter. So get it right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I call bullshit on anybody who's he's waking up in the middle of the night with a sudden start and being and, like, oh, four million. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's get into Moif here. We're we're, yeah. we're we're deep into the the thick. Of let's things. take a quick break and then we can get into Moif. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, guys, we are back to Moif. What do we got here? I think we're going to talk lunch today. I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about lunches in general. I, you know, normally people talk about the sad desk lunch and I don't, you know, we have different desks at home and stuff, but let's just, let's cut to the basic, most basic question, which is, is lunch overrated or underrated? Is it the best meal of the day? The worst? Where does it, where does it fall for you guys? Lunch in COVID times is the worst meal of the day. Lunch to me is the worst meal to have to cook at home. I, I, and like, I, I realized the other day that pre-COVID, I probably ate lunch out at a restaurant mm, 75 to 80% of the time during the week. And now I have to come up with some bullshit that I don't really want to eat, make something for my son that he doesn't really want to eat, make something for my wife that she doesn't really want to eat, and then I have to clean it all up. I think that I'm uh, I'm pretty close to eliminating lunch for my daily meal schedule. That's where I am on lunch. Uh, I disagree. I really like cooking lunch. Mostly because I don't like cooking dinner because I'm too tired to cook dinner. By the end of my workday, it's very long. It's just very tiring. I'm just exhausted. I don't want to cook dinner. But lunch, it's a nice reprieve from the throes of life. You know, I can just <laughs> take an hour and just cook and eat some delicious whatever I made. And what was the good. last delicious yeah. whatever you made, Isaac? Uh, I made myself like an egg fish scramble. It was it was just like leftovers, <laughs> honestly, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. I put some uh, truffle oil in it because uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. 
it doesn't make logical sense. When no, I, it actually makes total logical sense for someone that hates food. <laughs> Dave, come on. You just, I mean, you made my point for me, Isaac. I was like, lunch sucks yeah. to make it I just kind of put like, things together and it was ramble with you truffle know oil. I actually enjoyed yeah, it. I mean, it's almost like, you know, to a serial killer, it's like, do you want a knife or, or string? Yeah, well, anything will work. <laughs> I really should not speak on this podcast because every time I do, this is what no, happens. But, uh, I mean, but it was unexpectedly good. I I didn't think it was going to be good. You, did you did you document this by no. chance? No, I what ate it. What kind of fish? What kind of fish? Uh, rockfish. It was like fillet rockfish. Did you buy this at the supermarket? Yeah. Did it come from the local waters of Portland, Oregon? <laughs> no. Hey, you scrambled it with eggs, and then did you eat it on? Rice or some anything? spinach, some uh, I cut up a green pepper because I eat. <laughs> so low you carb. made a Denver <laughs> omelet <laughs> with rockfish. Are you on Survivor right so now? <laughs> much more confusing, Isaac. Were you watching Top Chef and you had a like a like a quick fire challenge <laughs> and you were? <laughs> it was it was all stuff that was kind of sitting in my refrigerator that I was gonna go bad if I didn't eat it. You know, I just kind of put it all together and it was it was all right. Honestly, I enjoyed it. <laughs> what time of day was this also? This was because 1230 today. Hmm. Okay. So you like lunch for the same reason I said I hate lunch, which is that I've got to eat some yeah, you just you just put, yeah, you put some stuff to together. Eat. Well, it, to me, it's like discovery because I'm not like a, I don't I don't cook very often. Like, so I'm just like, this is oh, like nice little let me see what I can put together. I'm digging myself into a hole. Let's move on. <laughs> Dave, no, no, no. I want to hear what Dave's lunch take is. Um, I mean, it's changed throughout the years, clearly. You know, when you go to school, lunch is the best thing ever. True. You count the minutes to get to lunch. You're like, get out of this fucking class. I hate my teacher so much. Let me just get to fucking lunch. <laughs> save, save by the bell. You know, college didn't really matter. Because yeah. like, you're not waking up at any time. That makes sense. Yeah. And then when I had my first internship at like a corporate job when I worked in London, uh, when I was what, 19, it was the first time I worked in like an office. And uh, that's when I first saw people take lunch seriously. And there was like, a, there's a sandwich dude. Or they go to the office and they like give everyone pre-made sandwiches that you sort of pre-order. And then I also saw the happy hour that happens at lunch. So the move was that I learned you try to, on Thursdays and Fridays, get as much work done as humanly possible. And you take the latest lunch humanly possible, 1.30-ish, so you can get five cocktails in before you come back to work. And you're done. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, to me, is God-level programming of your day. If you can do that, <laughs> I just don't have that skill level to do that. Because I, I, day drinking, if I just have one cocktail, I feel it. You know, like, I just can't day drink. That's, a, that's like a different thing. Lunch to avoid work and actually to get to a point where you cannot perform is ner- like lunch nirvana as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so I don't think anyone can dismiss lunch. If you can just get shit-faced, not like madman style, but like go back and be like, well, I was so industrious. I got done with all my shit and I'm going lunch. I'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs> Thursday lunch. Wait, it's only Thursday. Well, I'm planning on having a pretty big lunch. <laughs> I, it's going to be a three-day hangover, uh, so I'll, I'll see you Monday. <laughs> it's like a little bit like what Isaac was saying, where it's like, lunch is great if it's an escape from drudgery. That's why I think that lunch, like you said, Dave, in school, 
elementary school, high school, whatever is wonderful. You escape like your, your nightmare for one hour. And then when you're at your desk job, you're like, oh, I can leave the office and go get shit faced or I can even just leave the office. But I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm stuck here. Oh yeah. And whether or not I have lunch, I'm still stuck here. <laughs> so like, I hate yeah, I, I didn't get back to 2021. This is some special circle of hell. <laughs> now, because it's like, what the fuck? It's lunchtime. I just made fucking breakfast. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? How the fuck did I just lose four hours? What the fuck? Yeah. You know, the in between breakfast and lunch, I've equated to that moment when you press snooze button and you're like, how mm. the fuck did I just mm. lose 10 minutes? It just mm -hmm. went by so fast. Yeah. Making lunch now, I have to actually start prepping while I'm making breakfast just so I have some time to like not be pressed for time for lunch. And I, I don't like eating lunch anymore because it weighs me down and I can't do anything for the rest of the day. So I'm, I'm anti-lunch. I'm, I'm more into if you can drink enough caffeine, skip breakfast, skip lunch, and just eat a fucking massive dinner oh, man. And, and go to sleep early. And then huh. try to go to sleep so you don't have to think about life. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Like, it doesn't Sheesh. take like that good of a therapist to uh, draw the conclusion that the people on this call use food to escape their problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the only thing I would, I would add, like I said, Dave, is like, that bre breakfast to lunchtime, you're like, what the hell? How is, it, how is it lunch already? The other thing at the end of lunch is like, if I don't fucking clean this up, I'm going to have to clean this up when I make dinner in two hours. <laughs> like, I hate that this this just, like, was a horrible interruption yeah. between two meals I actually want to cook. Yeah. And also, like, I've never had a warm feeling for lunch. Because um, when you work at AM restaurants, you got to make lunch. And, like, that's, to me, so pressure-filled because you're usually doing a ton of mise en place and prep for dinner as well. And you're short on time. And usually if you're coming in in the kitchen early in the morning, you're fighting for oven space. You're just jammed against time. And you got to find a way to make lunch. And lunch actually is consumed at like 10 a.m. So that's not fucking lunch. That's like, you know, breakfast lunch. They have a word for that. There was a name for that. Oh. And maybe Dave. that's why I hate brunch. There, okay. So much. <laughs> you didn't want to say the portmanteau. No, I refuse to call it breakfast lunch. Okay. Wait, no. so hold on a second. So what is technically the earliest time for lunch? Ooh. I can tell you when I sit at Balthazar and I've eaten breakfast because I've had a breakfast meeting there or something and you eat breakfast and then... So the world revolves around when Balthazar drops their lunch menu. So whenever that happens, like Greenwich Mean Time, it's Balthazar mm -hmm. time. Whenever Balthazar, <laughs> the restaurant in New York City, drops their lunch menu, that's when the world can start lunch, wherever you are in the world. So are you sitting through a breakfast into a lunch also? Like, are oh, you yeah. That's, mm. that's the power move at, at Balthazar. Mm -hmm. Really? You're eating breakfast into a plateau of shellfish, into steak frites, or something like that with with the Bernays sauce. <laughs> You're playing. You know what that's called, Dave? That's called playing a doubleheader. Mm. Mm. You're doing a doubleheader at Balthazar. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the earliest thing is like nine, nine like ten ish. I think if ten, I think 10. if a restaurant serves breakfast, you can get in there ten ish because you can because a restaurant that has like a raw bar, they're usually already set up, so you can get you can uh -huh. definitely ask a server like, can I just get a dozen oysters? 
you know? And like, that's how you can start and tide you over until like lunch can properly begin. So, so that's a very specific, what, what's the earliest breakfast can, or lunch can start. Let me ask you, like, let me reframe that a little, Noel, and, and, and throw it back at you. Let's say you're sitting at your desk and you're like, I'm going to get up and go to lunch now. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to lunch. What time does it say on your clock where you're like, I will not get any sideways glances if I get up right now and, and go to lunch? 11 a.m. Yeah. But 11.15, that's a whole other story. <laughs> whole other story. Wait, why, why 11.15? Because you've crossed over this very funny, like, morning period. 11.15, uh-huh. you're already in, well, I'm close enough to noon, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, 11.15 uh-huh. is like totally, yeah, you're just like, there's not even, nobody bats an eyelash. 11, yeah. people are like, well, there she goes for her lunch at 11. Exactly. 10.45... You walk mm-hmm. out with your your phone on your ear, and you're like, "I got to take this call outside," and then you don't right. come back for two hours. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the move right there. <laughs> right, right. I right. think those people that really plan their life, work life around lunch, is no different than somebody that you know plans their excitement for lunch during high school. It just shows you. I mean, HR should actually take note. The individuals that really <laughs> love lunch don't like working here. <laughs> <laughs> Same psychology. You know, it's like if I, I'm sure my high school English teacher was like, oh, clear Dave doesn't give a shit about this class because he's always looking at us watching it to lunch. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Dang. Okay, but so what are you cooking at home right now, though, versus like what would you eat before for lunch? I mean, is it hot? Is it cold? Where do you stand on like what lunch food actually is? How big is the meal also? Also a great question. I've never cooked lunch before the pandemic. I mean, really. So I couldn't really answer that question at home. I've cooked lunch, I don't know, thousand, a couple thousand times in a professional kitchen at mm-hmm. least. But uh, at home, I, I don't know. Like today, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I had made a chicken salad based on Jones chicken salad in Los Angeles because Grace really likes that. And I boiled the chicken and I knew that that salad would be enough for everybody. I made a giant salad and I bumped it out with some um, banchan. So today I had the soup. I got too lazy to actually boil the noodles in another pot. I got too, because when I made the thing, I was like, oh, I'll make some kalguksu. I'll do something from scratch. Maybe that would have happened like a year ago. Now I'm like, fuck this. Where's my, (laughs) where's the quickest noodle that I can throw directly into the chicken broth? And that's what was lunch. And then I, I made meatballs uh, like three or four days ago, and I, t- I had some meatball subs. So I had a lunch that made no sense whatsoever. I had meatball subs that, <laughs> that I made with Asian ginger garlic infused chicken soup with egg lo mein noodles in it. And that was lunch because guess what? What are they going to do? Not eat it? (laughs) (laughs) But so that's the thing is like, I don't know what a traditional lunch is supposed to like us. Like, I guess if you're eating, if you're an office worker in the before times working in your financial district somewhere, the before times (laughs) you're you're getting like soup and a sandwich, half a sandwich and a salad, a A lot of salad, a lot of sweet green salads. A burrito. Like, I don't know. What the, I don't, I'm not, none of yeah. those things am I going to make it. I mean, I guess Dave made a sandwich and soup and sandwich, technically. He made, he made that, but like, it's usually just but some you know what is not a light lunch? A meatball sub. <laughs> 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 Which was damn good, by the way. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's the other thing about lunch is if you're if you're going to have a good lunch, if you're going to have a lunch that you actually want to eat and not a fish and egg scramble with truffle oil and spinach, then you're going to feel a little bad afterward. <laughs> so like mm. I don't I don't really know mm. what you're supposed to eat for lunch. Can I can I just give a shout out to the city that does lunch better than any other city at least in North America and that is New York fucking city for sure. All right, what is what is yeah. no question other than this sort of lingering breakfast into lunch at Balthazar? What makes lunch in New York City great? Well, the whole range of what you can do. You there's lunch pre fee places, so you can have a set lunch. You can be in and out under an hour, and that could be something like you know Union Square Cafe or something like that. Like there's tons of restaurants like that. You have tons and tons and tons of salads and soup places. You can get hot dog, dirty water hot dog. You can get falafels, you can get shawarma. There's just so many options. But I think what New York has over any other city in America, I mean, I'm sure Chicago has it in places like that, but New York has it more in, in terms of quantity. And that's when you want to go fucking huge and have a sick, long lunch. Mm -hmm. And if you're <laughs> going to do that, that's when I think you like really do it. And you let people know, like, I'm not coming to work today. Or I got a special client or whatever. You know, that's what I loved uh, at, when we first did lunch at Co. It's, it was like a dinner was like two and a half hours. Lunch was five hours. If you're coming in, we want you to know that like you're not doing anything the rest of the day. Your day is shot. And like mm -hmm. we're committed to you. Mm -hmm. But you can have meals like that. But I think that on the super, super high end and like things that are celebratory, Jean-Georges, Le Bernardin, Cafe Blue when Cafe Blue was there. Gramercy Tavern, restaurants like that. But like La Bernadette, for example, to me, is a lunch you could go to and it's like 90 minutes. You have exquisite food. You can drink and you can actually go back to work. And that's sort of what I like because if it was a dinner meal, you might feel more inclined to indulge a little bit more. But New York City high-end restaurants have nailed the quick lunch if you want it to be quick. And it's just... It feels like a grown-up thing. And I, I've never had that experience anywhere else. I know you can sort of eat that way in Tokyo. But to me, New York has that experience better than any other city. I'm not saying other cities don't have that. But there's so many places that do high-end lunches in New York City. And they need your fucking business. So yeah. uh, go. Go eat lunch at a fancy restaurant. Yeah, which is basically like an early dinner. I feel like that's the, that's the nice thing about a fancy lunch. <laughs> Would you ever do a fancy lunch? Go back to work and eat dinner again, though? I don't think that's in the cards. Mm. Those multiple dinner days and lunches are out. Yeah, those are over. You can send an out-of-office out of email when you go for these lunches. Instead <laughs> <laughs> sort of being away, I will be away dining at an exquisite lunch restaurant. <laughs> for emergencies, contact Noel. <laughs> But you know what I also say is a great lunch thing? When you go to a proper sushi restaurant, mm -hmm. you can crush it. You can get crushed with exquisite food in 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's built for lunch. Sushi is built for lunch. Like Sushi Asuda in New York, 43rd Street. What an amazing location to eat awesome lunch. So that to me is just like, there's just so much variety that you can't really get anywhere else. You know who I simultaneously hate and admire are people who bring their own lunch to work. Because I'm oh. like, what are you, better than me? You think, oh, I, got, I, I, can, I can get my shit together and make myself some food. And then I, I, I just think, I hate you. 
I hate that you have time in the morning to do this. I hate that you're, okay. oh, look what you're eating. Well, it looks like you're doing some kind of diet over there. Oh, it looks like you're trying to improve yourself at every moment of the day. And at lunch, when I was about to eat a super burrito, just to like <laughs> teach myself a lesson, you're over there just like counting carbs, counting calories. Chris, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Chris, can I say as somebody who used to bring my lunch to work, uh, it was not about, you know, being on a diet or being better than anybody else because I didn't make a lot of money. Uh, I can't afford to buy a $16 salad in Los Angeles, California for Neither lunch. Neither could I and I did it anyway. What are you, better than me? <laughs> just because you can save your money? Just because you're looking out for yourself, your financial future? That's also uh, part of it because I couldn't... I remember I was spending 16 to $20 a day on lunch when I was making $24,000 a year and I was like, I shouldn't oh do my, this. Yeah. I shouldn't do this. But... I don't have it in me. What I started doing after a while is I just started not eating breakfast. And instead, I would make whatever I was going to eat for breakfast and then pack it for lunch. So that I could, I would just starve in the morning hmm. and just eat That's funny lunch. you should bring that up, Isaac. That's a good segue into Chris and, and mine, uh, our, our new show on Hulu. Next thing you eat, <laughs> we dive deep into this topic of breakfast. Mm. and the origins of it and it's something that is antiquated. Should we even eat breakfast anymore? Noelle, what say you? Oh, I love breakfast. I I genuinely love breakfast. Do we need it? Ah. Rank Mm. the meals. Rank the meals of the day. Ooh, I'm a- you have to get rid of one. Uh, fuck Mary Kill. That's it. <laughs> fuck Mary Kill. For three three meals. Fuck Mary Kill for three meals. I, I would actually, okay, as much as I just said that I love breakfast, I would get rid of breakfast because I think it's easy mm. to just not have. But I mm. do enjoy breakfast foods. I mean, dinner is definitely tops and lunch is kind of, meh. it's in the middle, you know? I have a question. What's the definition of breakfast? Are we talking late Western post-industrial revolution idea of like breakfast as eggs and sausage? No, like what we conceive as breakfast foods, you know, is a very recent idea. Have you been taking that postmodern theory class on Masterclass? Did you just learn this? We just got fucking hijacked here. No, no, no. What I mean is like, English breakfast in continental, like kind of our idea of breakfast or because breakfast to me growing up was rice and fish, you know, and like a little cook or I a think it's just the concept of eating something in the morning, <laughs> eating something in the morning. Okay. It's about Don't time. Yeah. It's about time. Right. Don't overthink okay. it, man. So who's, does anybody's fuck, Mary kill differ from married dinner, kill lunch, fuck breakfast. Does anybody's differ? No. Does fuck mean you get to fuck them forever or is it just once? No, it's a one like time. Affair. You get to do one like time? A, you get to do like a... Like a <laughs> well, not even like a week? A week in Hawaii in a hotel? Or? Yeah, you get one passionate tryst with this meal. You get to do okay. it way over the top one time. An affair to remember. Okay. An affair to remember with this meal one time. How much oh, of the shit. Kama Sutra? That might change it for Dave, actually. How much of the Kama Sutra can we uh, get through? I want to be like, then... then then to really true, if you're really romantic, if you really are a romantic, then you're gonna fuck dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Marry breakfast, kill lunch, and fuck dinner. <laughs> yeah, because like you know, that's like it's a metaphor for life. It's like what you want, you can't have forever. You can have it once, and that's it. <laughs> and like a spectacular, spectacular, spectacular yeah. dinner yeah. is Big the greatest night thing style, you can do. style, that's it. And and then you're and then it's just a letdown. Hmm. And then from then on, you're you just know? like an intermittent hmm. faster forever after that. You have your yeah. breakfast, and you just fucking. It's, it's it's a little bit similar to the, you know the story of Salinas in, in Greek mythology. It's like better never to live. 
So this is a, this is the, the updated version of, of that. Fuck, fuck dinner. That's it. All right. Have sex with your dinners, everybody, and uh, marry those breakfasts. Um, Noel, what else you got in the lunch realm? Let's do one more moif. Okay, so last one. Are you guys eating the same exact thing every single day? How do you how do you deal with lunch? No. No. I can't no. eat the same thing. I think that um, this is the... I wonder if I'm going to sound like a fucking asshole saying this, but I can't eat the same thing two days in a row. <laughs> like, not for the same meal. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't eat the same thing for the same meal uh, two days in a row happily. I can eat what I had for dinner. I can eat that again for breakfast because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm a, a piggy. But there's no way I could be like, every day I have a bologna and cheese sandwich for lunch. Mm-hmm. Every night for dinner, I have a poached chicken breast and broccoli. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I don't have that kind of discipline. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure when people look at the way I dress, it's the way I feel about how they eat. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know this what I mean? To each his own. wears the same thing every day. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's all relative, you know? So, I'm, I know when my wife looks at my, how I dress, she's like, you're the equivalent of someone that eats the same fucking thing every day and I hate it. It and is like, fascinating yeah. how Grace worked in fashion and married you. <laughs> you just wear the same thing. <laughs> and what she, we, you know, we just moved and she's like, I don't know how you have so many fucking clothes. Like, how do you have more clothes than me? I was like, I don't know. Either. I don't know how this happens. <laughs> if people realize how many goddamn articles of clothing I have, but I just have multiples of the same. Of the same, yeah. Oh, well. uh, I oh, will well. say growing up Korean. I'm still Korean now, but like growing up in a Korean household, you I don't know, you could pull that Sammy Sosa shit. <laughs> you you had to eat the same thing every day because that's what my mom my mom wasn't gonna cook something new. She was like, No, you're eating rice and some kuk or chige with breakfast. There's a little bit, bit of variety with panchan, but not much. It was like rice, fish, and some kind of soup or a stew. That's it. Maybe it's just like a cultural thing because I, I I can I hear that and I'm like yeah I could probably eat that every day who cares but I can't I can't I don't know the people who are like turkey and Swiss every day mm. like I can't do I can't do that that just seems like torture I mean we, we talked about this a little bit is is it that hedonistic bump you don't know what you don't know it's like you know our good friend Pat Norse in in Australia he said like his dad didn't know he grew up in middle of nowhere Australia with like one baker in town. And he didn't know that until he got to college, university, that bread wasn't supposed to be burned. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he really mm-hmm. didn't know. He's like, "What is? What is this? <laughs> if that's all you know, how different then is that when you're like in another country and they indoctrinate you with like you can only believe this religion or something? Like, if you don't right. know, you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any time in the history of the world people complain like, "Oh, this is all I have to eat." I think most people are like. Fuck, man! I'm just so happy I can eat something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just shows mm-hmm. you the how close we are to the end of the world. Where Chris and I are complaining, like, you know, the thing I hate about Europe is that I have to eat the same thing. Like, if I'm in Italy, I have to eat Italian food every day. Oh, fuck! Like, just I need some spice. Like, give me some Thai food. The fucking just like I want to punch myself in the face, but uh-huh. I also I don't because it's fucking true. <laughs> it's true. And it's actually like, you know, the optimistic way of looking at it is like, that's what makes American, like that's what gives America, America, America like the potential to be a great food culture. Like that's why we could be great. You know, there's, there's, and that it's also why the, I'll tell you one thing that 
Tokyo does not do well in Japan. Mexican food. Y'all <laughs> suck at it. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. Have you ever had Mexican food in Korea? It sucks so much. I wanted to like punch somebody. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Yeah, it's it, it's based on a true story where Paul Bunyan actually existed. It doesn't actually <laughs> right, make sense right. whatsoever. Right. So no. Uh, Asia, stop making tacos. Don't do it. You are so bad at it. Stop it. Yeah. Hold on. I have one more for you guys. Is the sandwich a dinner food? Ooh. Can we <sighs> just pause that for a second and do like a preamble to that? In the Democratic Republic of Chang, one word that will get you life sentence is Sammy's. <laughs> Sammy's? Where are you hearing Sammy's? People say people Sammy's. Say Sammy's. Oh. Yeah. You hang around too much white people, man. Do you hang around too much white people? <laughs> I hear it. It changed. Sammy's. I just don't understand where that came from. How is that a shortened version of sandwich? Sammy's. How did that come from sandwich? Sandwich. See? Sandwich. No, it makes no sense. So, makes no sense. If, how if, if the sandwich is called sandwich, then yes, it would make sense. <laughs> you would be forgiven if you were like a, 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 yeah. like a, a new immigrant to this country for thinking the term was sandwich because you heard so many people saying Sammy's. I agree with this. Again, I hate to bring Seattle hot dog up, but it's almost on par of the ridiculous nature of a Seattle yeah. dog. You know, so yeah. I don't know where sandwich comes from and it should stop. It's almost as that, again, in the, uh, another sort of bad word is reverse sear. Those three things, Seattle hot dog, reverse sear, sandwich, got to go. <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sandwich gamgees. I want to get to Noel's question, which is fascinating to me because my in-laws, which I have spoken of on this podcast before, are, are not of Asian descent. They are of uh, what? white Descent. And sometimes, that's crazy. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes uh, they let I, you in their club? <laughs> Holy shit, man. You made it, brother. Sometimes. I mean, they make me wear a blonde wig. Uh, oh, you God. sure this isn't like Asian get out? Sheesh. So, you sure? Just a blonde wig. And like blue blue contacts. I, uh, oh. <laughs> what if you guys came over to my house one day and you just saw me wearing a blonde wig? Never mind. Um. Sometimes they'll just have like ham and cheese and lettuce and tomato on wheat bread for dinner. And I'm like, is that a, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be facetious about this. Like, is that a thing that other people do? Is that a thing? <laughs> Eating a sandwich for dinner? Mm. I think a lot of people, I mean, shit, they eat tuna casserole. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, fair possible. All right, let me play. Let me play a quick game then, and I and just let it let it be said that like my in laws are wonderful. And they eat all sorts of things. Just sometimes they eat sandwiches, and it, it's probably as weird to them, to weird to me as the things that I make them eat. Good save. But let's play Good a save. quick game. I'm gonna say some sandwiches, and you tell me if you would eat it for dinner. Well, this is like I'm gonna give you some mammals, and you tell me if they're a mammal or not. Like, this <laughs> would you eat? Would you eat like a grinder, a hero, or a grinder for dinner? Again, we have to depend on where we are in America to get the right terminology. Could be a grinder, hero, sub. There's like two other names for the Would same fucking thing. Would you eat a White House, White House sub for dinner? It would never even make it to dinner. 
because I would have eaten it go. before dinner. <laughs> dinner. Because but you I, buy it at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would definitely eat it for dinner. Clearly, I mean, this is the, the these conversations are what tells me that the world will end. We've gotten to this point of talking about nothing <laughs> that we have gotten to this point. Um, All right, no, let's go. I, sandwiches, fucking dinner. I just, uh, I think we have to be very specific here. If you're eating a sad sandwich for dinner, like tuna. <laughs> tuna sandwich, which okay, I so love, does, it, does the sandwich have to be warm for it to be a dinner mm-hmm. food? Like, a, is a peanut butter jelly sandwich dinner food? Fuck no. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. So I, I think what we have to do is a via negativa. We got to see what's in, what's out to get us to a closer understanding of what it actually is a sandwich. All right. Okay. A cold sandwich versus a hot sandwich. So is a cold sandwich a dinner? I say no. Well, that, I think that that definition, that categorization of it, I think answers our hot dog hamburger question. So I think that's it. You, we just did it. We solved we, it. We solved the question. It, it, we solved this ancient dilemma is a hot dog or a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> and you just did it. You just cut that Gordian knot in half no, and you just hot. fucking did it, Noel. You did it. A sandwich can be anything for dinner if it's hot. Mm. <laughs> we did it. it. There it is. It's a hot Bang the we gavel. It. So, so simple. There's nothing else to talk about. Guilty, your honor. If the sandwich be hot, it can, you can have it for dinner. All right. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. What's the best sandwich in Los Angeles? Go. The best sandwich in best Los sandwich, Angeles? Best sandwich in Los Angeles. Oh, oof. <sighs> can there be any other sandwich that's better than a Langer's? Probably not. N- number 19. Noel Yang? I mean, I don't know anything about it. You've never had a Langer's? I, I no, I've had that. I just mean I don't know. I don't I don't think there's I think that the Langer's number 19 is amazing. I'm just trying to think of other sandwiches that would be great. I mean, do you count again? Now their inverse is, you know, the Philippe's French dip is a pretty fucking good sandwich, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as delicious as it is, and I you know, I I I I would marry Langer's <laughs> and fuck the French dip. <laughs> Oh, and, I would go opposite of you. I would, I would yeah. fuck the Langer's nineteen. I would marry the Philippe's, but I would also have a godmother from Bay Cities. <laughs> I think that that's Ooh. the. I was just going to say that I think that's the one that Dave might kill though. Yeah, Bay, he probably would. Bay Cities is great, but it's no White House. It's it's great. I like. I think mm. when you go to Bay Cities, the store itself is what makes it great. But the sandwich is good, not transcendent. Fair. I hear that. Um, what about San Francisco? What's your best sandwich off the top of your head? Chris Ying, Bay Area. Mm, I mean, the banh mi at Saigon sandwich is top, top, top class. Um, That's it. But you named your one. Isaac Lee, what's your yeah. favorite sandwich in, in Los Angeles? And you can't say I hate sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't really like the idea of having meat between <laughs> two pieces of carbohydrates. No, when you say sandwich, are you talking about the Western definition of sandwich? Or are you yeah. talking about sam- sandwiches? Does it have that emulsification <laughs> that is also known as mayonnaise? Um, I think Cassell's makes a good BLT. That's a fucking strong answer, Isaac Lee. You just redeemed yourself. <laughs> Did I? Okay. <laughs> I just named whatever wow. was the tastiest one that I, that well, I had. I mean, you just pulled, you, you literally just had your old school Will Ferrell moment. You just did it. You <laughs> blacked out and you nailed it. Okay. okay. <laughs> you just blacked out and won the debate. All right. 
no more questions from us. Let's do one. Let's close this out with an Ask Dave question. We seem to have uh, struck a nerve with the uh, how to split the bill credit card discussion we had on a recent MOIF. And uh, Jason Fan Fan wrote this both on our both on our Instagram and to Ask Dave at MajorDomoMedia.com. Just listen to the episode regarding the typical process and struggle to decide who has to pay for a meal, all caps. Why wasn't credit card roulette even mentioned? I am shocked as a Chinese Canadian who also loves games of chance. This wasn't even touched upon. No gamble, no future. Uh, and then he gives us a little uh, description of credit card roulette for anybody who doesn't know, who's not familiar with this magnificent game. Everyone hands the server a single credit card. The server is instructed to play. No, 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 whatever. This is not how you play this. Everyone puts a credit card in. The server picks one out. Whichever one the server picks covers dinner. Can we just pause this? If anybody doesn't understand just by the exp- like the name, credit card roulette. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> we got problems. Yeah. I am vehemently against this. I am vehemently I don't like, against I don't this. Li- I don't like it. I don't like it because inevitably somebody gets their feelings hurt. Somebody's very sad. Everybody else is happy at one person's expense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I've been part of it. And like sometimes... Uh, the person that doesn't want to be part of this at all gets chosen. And it just creates such an awkward moment that like friendships can be ended over shit like this. It's sure. Yep. Especially when you're at a dinner with people of sort of like varying, uh, you know, economic financial (laughs) status, right? Like there's always going to be somebody who's like, I would really rather not play this because like I can afford my dinner, but I really would not like to pay for 10 people's dinner. Mm -hmm. I agree with this. I'm, I'm opposed to this and I don't think that has anything to do with the gambling thing. I mean, if everybody is on the same level of wealth, then yeah. But even still, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody not wanting to pay for everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and the win, like, to your point, Dave, like, if it's a game of chance, the win, the biggest prize you can win is not paying for your portion of dinner and hurting one of your friend's feelings. (laughs) Yeah. That's the the prize. That's the jackpot. I mean, the easier thing is, like, everybody just pays. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Derek Shin writes to ask Dave at MajorDomeMedia.com looking for some updated NBA Michelin star rankings. Mm. Hi, Dave. Once upon a time, you ranked NBA players using the Michelin star system. I thought it was time to revisit how would you rank some of the younger guys like Giannis and Booker on the three-star system? Three being the you would travel to see them play this is by the, the definition of three Michelin stars, two Michelin stars, and one. One is a good player, and two is, if you're there, it's an extraordinary experience, but three is the one that you go out of your way to go see them play live. I mean, clearly, Luca is is like the scor- like just a scorching three Michelin star yep. restaurant. <laughs> um, and I think he's the only... And, and this is going to seem highly debatable. I don't, I've seen Giannis play. I think he's a fucking genetic freak, for real. I don't want to put him on the three Michelin star level. Like, I don't want to travel out of my way to watch Giannis play hmm. because, I don't know, I, I'm torn about this. And I, I know Isaac and I have talked about this. It's a marvel to watch him play, but, like, I want to— if he, if he could shoot the three and, and, like, have a jump shot that was reliable, I think, yeah. But clearly he just won the fucking NBA, and I've never actually gotten three Michelin stars, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> Um, for me, the answer is always Curry 
Curry is my three Michelin star. But he's not a young. He's not young. We're talking. He's yeah, be well, under young 25. guys. Okay. Under under twenty seven. Under twenty seven. Under twenty seven. So would you give Giannis? You give him two stars. I mean, he clearly three stars, and he won the championship. But like for me, uh, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like I just, I don't know. I've seen him a couple times, and it's been thrilling. But I don't. I would rather watch like Trey Young. Because of the flashiness of his play. Yeah. Because it's just an entertaining yeah. brand of basketball. Trey is three stars? Entertaining. Trey is a three star? No, not yet. Probably a two. Not yet. Because he, he you know, on the way to the, three. Yeah. All the foul drawing. But Luca Luca is a three star. Um, I mean, clearly, Steph is three star. Jokic. Uh, would you put Don, Donovan Mitchell on three star? Oh, when he's on, when he's like, when he's going for 50, yeah, 100%. And he goes for 50 a lot. I'd even so. say the Joker, I wouldn't put it in three stars because I don't necessarily I like watching I would. him play. I love watching Jokic play. I love watching him play. God, this Michelin system you guys have here is way too generous with the three stars. There's a lot of three-star players here. Well, no, this is Jokic is the MVP of the league. I'm not being generous. This is Nikola Jokic. I, I know. It's the same thing. It's like for me, it's like pure entertainment value. And I mean, clearly on the on stats alone and who he is, Giannis should be three stars. So should Joker. But I don't want to watch that. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I want to watch Steph. I don't want to watch Trey. I want to watch Luca. As an addendum, what eras of LeBron's career would you qualify as three stars, and what would you qualify as a two star? Two stars is Lake Lake Lakers. Lakers is two stars by far. But Miami, three star. Three so stars. much fun. Oh my god, it was so much. Second fun. Cleveland run, three stars. Three stars. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I agree. First Cleveland run, two. Yeah, it's three. I think he's been three star ever since after his first year. Wow, okay, but the so, Lakers. Okay. So when they moved the restaurant, it went downhill. When they moved to LA, when they opened their LA branch of LeBron, yeah, it just it just went downhill. <laughs> LeBron and Dean, they uh, they went down to two stars. I'm out. LeBron and Dan was my was my out. LeBron, LeBron and Dan. Oh, I just got wow. it. I just heard it. Oh my god, that's it for me, guys. <laughs> oh my god, it's my last podcast. That was signing that, off forever. That was amazing. Well, I'm sure that uh, this is a perfect perfect topic to alienate our listener base because the Venn diagram of individuals that understand the Michelin star system or even care about it and also understand the intricacies of young NBA players is less than 1%. I don't know. Come on. Let's, let's give our listeners a little more props here. It's less than 50% of this, the people making this podcast. This is true. This is true. (laughs) All right. Get us out of here, Dave. All right, guys. Thank you for listening in. We will do a, another Moif sometime next week. Uh, give us five stars on our iPod page. Try to give us five stars on our Spotify page. <laughs> and if you dare criticize Noel, you're going to have problems. You can criticize me all you want. And Chris. <laughs> and Isaac. But not Noel. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys. 